Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. But I just have to give you what God gives me. And there's one verse of Scripture that I've never, ever preached on in all the years I've been in the ministry. And the Lord commanded that we do. So I'm going to fulfill God's will this morning, even though it's been inserted into the subject. So that's just the way. The word is the word. Everybody say the word is the word. And we'll get out of it what the Lord wants us to have. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20 today. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living, the mother of all mothers. Difficult scripture to think about. First off, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Amen. God didn't name the woman. Anybody thinking now? God named man Adam, meaning red clay. So Adam was a red man. But Adam is the one that named the woman Eve. Have you got that little nugget? Nobody, all right. Well, Adam named all the animals, and their name fit the characteristics of the animal. A horse is a horse. Cow's a cow. He didn't call a flea an elephant. So it all fits, you see. So there was a reason why that Adam named the woman Eve. Amen. Now, Eve was, the physical part of Eve was extracted from Adam, his rib. And I used to think, well, you know, men only have, uh, they have one less rib than the woman, but no, not really. You got the same amount. Adam's rib was extracted, and from the rib of Adam, God made the woman. Amen. So when God made Adam, all the characteristics of the woman was in Adam. Now, I'm not saying he was transgender. Don't, don't jump at the gun here and trying to say that, you know, Adam was feminine. No, I'm just saying that there's no account that God breathed in the woman, the spirit and soul. Oh, you're not interested in this. So let me just move on. What does this mean then? She was the mother of all living. Well, one meaning could be all living souls came from her. Amen. You're alive today because of Mother Eve. You exist today because of Mother Eve, because she was called the mother of all living, all living souls. You have a soul today, you have a spirit today, and therefore we didn't come from a monkey We all came from the womb of Eve. 
to the process of procreation down through the generations. That's the way that God planned it. And that's the way it is. And there's something about a mother that daddy cannot do. You know, I think back in my own life when I was younger and even when I was middle-aged and a little older. No one has the touch of a mother except mother. It just seems like when mama patted you, uh, there was a certain peace about it. Mama could say, oh, it's okay, and you know, and, and you just felt better. Does anybody know what I'm saying? One or two. And so, dad can't do that. I mean, that's a big mistake when dad tries to take the place of mom. And it's a big mistake when mom tries to take the place of dad. Really, that's what's wrong with our society is that dad has forsaken the family. Now I'm off. And, and mom tries to fulfill both roles. It cannot be done. Because the woman was not designed to be dead, nor vice versa. But this morning, we're focusing on a little bit about the importance of the mother and the love of a mother that dad doesn't seem to have. There's a certain intuition that God put in mama. We could even go to the animal creation. You know, uh, where's Yvonne? She's teaching today, but they have cattle. And if that cow has a calf, you don't get around that calf too much because mama's going to come and kick and butt. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, where, where, where's the bull? Oh, he's off running around somewhere. But you see, so now, when I raised emus, it was different than that. The, the, the female laid the egg, and the male had to set on it. That's not a very good deal. But that's, that's the way God designed the emus and ostriches, you know. So uh, the, the male paid the price. <laughs> While she was out running around. But any wildlife creature will attack you if you try to harm the offspring. And it's always mama. Have you noticed that? And you know, when, when I was young and, and sickly, um, mom seemed to know what was wrong with me. What's the matter? How I many that's what I'm talking about? Dad just, oh, well. But mom had this, this built-in knowing. Right? Something wrong with my child. Very protective of the child, right? Always listening. Mama, mama. Always listening. Always. Even when mama sleeps, listening for that voice. Dad. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So thank God for our mamas that we had that raised us up. Hopefully, the best they could. Now, my grandmama, she had what my dad said was a good bedside manner. I didn't know what that meant until one day I caught a bad cold. 
Here Grandma came with the Vicks and the Bengay. Heat pad. Uh, wash rag. Temperature. How you doing? Oh, okay. I mean, but she could doctor. Mama can doctor too. Now, when I was younger, the first thing Mama did, have you taken your castor oil today? <laughs> no, Mama. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> I'm joking a little bit. But, but you see, Mama seems to hopefully raise the children. Mom used to say, come to supper. Now, now supper is a McDonald County word which means dinner. So I call it breakfast, lunch, and supper. Come home at supper time. The shadows are falling fast. Mom would come to the screen door that the dog would run through the hole at the bottom of the door, the screen there. Come and get the supper before I throw it out to the dogs. Here we'd come. Always listening for Mama's voice. Now, there's a certain little mama in First Kings I want to look at this morning. And, and I'm just talking to you today. Is that okay? Well, in chapter 3 and verse 16... Trip down, you're going down to a church that's really. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, 1 Kings 3.16, I want to read some scripture here today and let the Word of God speak to us about how Mama really is. Then came there two women. Now, this is when Solomon was king and he had a lot of wisdom, okay? But. Kings have problems. And so there came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. One woman said, O my Lord, I had this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. So both these women had children that night. And it came to pass the third day after I was delivered that this woman was delivered also, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. So over a few days in, this took place. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me, while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. You got the picture? Everybody got the picture? So the baby died during birth, and the mama swapped babies. And when I rose up in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, I was not, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living son is my son. Thus they spake before the king. So they took this problem to to Solomon. Now this is a big problem here. Then said the king, This one saith, This is my son that lives, and thy son is 
dead, and the other saith, Nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is living. In verse 24, And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Now that's beyond logic. You cannot give half a dead child to this mama and the other half a dead child that's cut in two to the other mama and win. Both kids are dead. So, 26, Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king. For her bowels yearned upon her son. That's a mama. And she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child. And in no wise slay it. But the other said, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. That's not a mama. Then the king answered and said, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. Here's the point of this happening. The real mama loved the baby enough to give up the baby to the other woman so the child would live. That's a mama. You know, a mama will even sometimes give up her life for the child. That's a mama. So, true account here. The mystery to this account to me is I understand this, the love of the mother for the baby. I understand that. But the king did not chastise the mother that was lying. Because he knew she suffered enough grief losing her child. Folks, that is the love of God. That is the love of God. Can I have an amen for somebody? So now I want to go to Mark chapter 14 today. And this is a little sidetrack, but I just have to give it to you like it came to my mind this morning. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment and spikenard, very precious. And I'm told this ointment is the equivalent of $10,000 in today's currency. She broke the box and poured it upon his head. Now this is when the woman came in to anoint Jesus. There were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? Now, that was some of the disciples. For it might have been sold for much more than 300 pence. Now, that's Judas getting in there. And have been given to the poor and then murmured against her. Um, uh, Verse 5. I started in verse 3, verse 4, and now we're in verse 5, please. 
And so, uh, when we're studying about this, this account, and this is, I have to give this this morning, so we will. Uh, some think that Judas was the one that said this because he wanted to take the money and steal part of it and then go and do whatever, give it to the poor, and all along he was lying and going to steal it and whatever. So they all paid the price for murmuring against this lady. And Jesus said in verse 6 of Mark 14, Let her alone. I like that. Why trouble you her? She has wrought a good work on me. And and, and verse 7, And you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. Then in verse 8, She has done what she could. She has come before hand to anoint my body to be buried. Now this account is the only account that I can find where a woman that wasn't even a disciple expressed faith in the resurrection. Verily I send you, verse 9, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached. And now I'm going to fulfill God's will. After 30-some years, I've never even read this verse, but I'm doing it today in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Wheresoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And I have fulfilled the will of God by speaking it today. Amen. So thank God for the feminine gender. Now, who was this woman? Well, probably the, the, Mary, the sister of Lazarus. So what she does, she comes and anoints Jesus before he dies, and not after. Which was custom to, to anoint after death. But she anoints before death, signifying that she's uh, believing that he's going to be resurrected. And to repeat, this is the only one that expressed faith in the resurrection up to this point. Now, when we think about the body that God prepared, in Hebrews 10.5, and I, I allude to this many times because it says that God prepared the body. And so what she was doing, she was anointing the body for sacrifice. And God is the one in Hebrews 10.5 that prepared the body. Amen. Now, I want to thank just a minute this morning, back on the subject now, about our mother's love. Everybody's saying mother's love. You know, when I think about the home setting, if, if the dead gets a little out of hand and it gets a little too rough, who jumps in there to stop it? Mama. Doesn't she? What we men have done, sad to say sometimes, is let things go with our children to the boiling point and then spank. But the spanking turns into a beating, which is a no-no. Hmm? 
My mom didn't do that. She spat it all the time. One time she got a, a, a willow branch. Ooh, weeping willow branch. You know what that is? Mom would go out there, make me wait, and she would get that weeping willow switch. It seemed like an eternity. Don't you run from me, you're going to get it worse. What did I do? I ran. So I got it worse. And that weeping willow switch would, after she peeled off the leaves, would wrap around you. I mean, whoo-wee. But it was in the mama's love that she got the weeping willow stick and beat little Randy. This one professor, when I was in school years ago, his teenage daughter became very rebellious. Preachers have a time. And it was to the point he was going to paddle her with a big long board with holes in it called a paddle. You ever seen one of those? I did in high school one time. But I was a pretty good kid in high school. You don't believe me, do you? You don't, well. So what was I saying before I interrupted myself? See, I'm getting a little age on me here, so it's mama's fault, right? Teacher with the paddle, yeah. He told his rebellious teenager, bend over, you're going to get a lick. And she said, no. What are you going to do, Mom? Dad, what are you going to do? He said, I said, bend over. You you deserve a lick. You're going to get it. And so it went on for about five minutes. Her resistant authority. Kids, if we don't teach our kids to submit to authority, when they grow up, they're going to continue to rebel against authority. Police, clergy, God. It's up to the parents to make sure you don't destroy the child, but you break the child's spirit. I want you to hear that. We are not to destroy the child's spirit. But this man said, when his daughter bent over and grabbed her knees, he said, okay, I changed my mind. You can get up now. He didn't spank her. Why? Because he wanted her to submit to authority. What's that got to do with anything? We got too much rebellion in the family structure. Now, this is not going to sound good because mama will not do the spatting. Oh, well. Even my own sister said one time when I said, you know what, your kids deserve a spanking for that. She said, ah, if I spank my kids... He'll take that paddle away and spank me. You know what? I got what we call an equalizer. There's no way, even today, that any of my kids, including Seth Jr., can whip me. I don't care how old I get, I will get the equalizer and I will take care of business. 
And it will not be a weeping willow switch. It will be an axe handle or something. <laughs> so they best not push too much, right? And mother's love. Hallelujah. A mother's love is of the highest degree. And I've watched many of you and a lot more that's not here anymore. They suddenly decided to go to another church for the benefit of their kids and get them in a, get a big youth program. Uh-huh. And they all backslid. Sometimes a small ministry is a blessing in disguise. You don't need a bunch of worldly stuff when it comes to spiritual things. Amen. But you see, a mother's love. Now I've noticed this. It seems like Mama's little angels can do no wrong. Hello, somebody. And they're always a little more intellectual and mature for their age than other kids. I've noticed that. Well, they're just talented, and other kids, oh, they're a little behind mine, you know. And no matter what that little angel does, Mama loves I've noticed that. Isn't it true? Don't you say anything against my little angel. I know she did wrong, he did wrong, but I'm mama and I'll protect him. Well, that's okay if you're scriptural, mothers. But you cannot put your okay on sinning. There wouldn't be a mama. This is not coming out like I thought. But you know what? It's true. We've got to love God more than anything or anyone else. But I'm trying to focus on the fact that mama loves the kids no matter what they do, right or wrong. She's still mama and will always be mama and have the mama's love for them no matter what. It's strange, isn't it? Sometimes dads, I'll tell you what. I have washed my hands with that kid. I'm through. <laughs> it's never over. No, uh, right, Stacy? It's never over, right? <laughs> Let's look at Luke 2. Praise the Lord. St. Luke 2 and verse 18 and 19 today. <clears throat> Now I want to begin to close here about the mother of Jesus just a little bit. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So Luke 2 and verse 10 tells, uh, uh, 19 tells us that the mother of Jesus... was more susceptible to what she heard than everybody else. That's because a mama always picks up on what concerns the child. Amen. Then if we, if we go on down to the verse 34, that same chapter today, this is when Mother Mary, if I could use that term, and Joseph brought 
baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And, and Simon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother. Yeah, it's good to have mama in church with you. Amen. Behold, this child is set for a fall and a rising of many in Israel. A fall to Israel. Now, that's hard to take. So Israel was going to fall and then rise again. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Then the prophetic word comes to Mama, the mother of Jesus, and it says this, verse 35. Yea, his sword shall pierce through your own soul. Now that's sorrow. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And so because she was the mother, she experienced this, what he termed, the Holy Spirit termed as a sword piercing your own soul. Now that is grief, sorrow, heartaches beyond description. But I tell you, a mama can feel those things about the child. If that child grieves you, it seems like mama is the one that feels it more so than dad. Am I telling it right? God made it that way. In this case, Mary, the mother of Jesus... Experience exactly what the prophet said. And then we go to John 19 this morning, and we're about through today and get out early. So Mama can go home and work and cook something to eat. <laughs> now, how many has got the beans on right now? Anybody? Nobody. You got a roast on? You're not invited. I know she does. I smell it coming over here. And that's the reason we're going to get out of here pretty quick. <laughs> but, see, Mama's always working. Making the bed, washing the clothes. We don't iron anymore, or do we? Of yeah. course. We, <laughs> now, if we're going to nitpick... Joanne does the work of a man. Does all the house cleaning, cooking, washing, ironing, mowing the lawn, servicing the automobiles, <laughs> massaging Monty's shoulders, combs his beard, everything she does. What do you do? You go to work, come home, sleep, and eat. And that's it. That's what I call a good mama right there, but she's your wife, not mama. Now, all you other ladies, your little husband does it all right. No. Josh, how much washing do you do when you're home? I can't hear you. Washing. Yeah, clothes. She does the washing, right? Who runs a dishwasher in here? You don't have a dishwasher. Oh, the mama does the dishwashing, right? Well, I'm just... You don't know. All right. Well, we need a balance, don't we? Praise the Lord. But a mother's job... I, I can't imagine what it would be like for young people today 
raising children because it's a full-time job for mama to be home to take care of the children. I mean, more than full-time, 24-7. Washing and changing diapers and fixing babas and making the bed and getting them up, taking them to church and, and, and taking them to school, going to get them and bringing them home, getting them in bed. Then it starts all over the next day. Who does most of it? Mama. That's the reason we're honoring our mothers today. And so we have some presents in here. Five pounds of beef jerky for every one of you. <laughs> what do you expect? We don't have a lot of money. Praise the Lord. That is a lot of money. All right, one pound. Oh, I shouldn't have smelled that roast this morning. That's the problem. So I'm sorry. But in John 19, I'll get there. Praise the Lord. Danny was going to leave at 1130 to go down to the church to meet his family. But this sermon is so great, you've got to wait to the end. right? All right. Praise the Lord. So the prophetic word comes to pass in Mama's heart and Mary. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. I can't imagine what her mother would feel like losing a child. Because she would suffer more grief, I think, than anybody else because she brought that child into the world through pain. But that's the word that it was. Then in verse 27, then said he to his disciples, Behold thy mother. This is when Jesus is on the cross. Let me back up to 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, that was John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. It's a terrible thing to have to look on your son in that condition. Only your mother would be able to experience that kind of grief. Then said he to his disciple, Behold my mother, or thy mother. So Jesus is concerned about his mother. And he said, John, what he's saying is, I want you to take care of my mama from this day forward, which he did. And he took Mary into his house and took care of her. Amen. He took her into his own home. Praise the Lord. So then, closing this morning, mom was in every event of the child. And I think back when we were raising our children, there were times I didn't want to go to a soccer game, not a soccer, but a volleyball thing, you know. But who went? Mother. I've learned this about life. When, when children are young, we spend our time watching them. Watch me. We're watching. Right? Mother really watches because mother's very protective. Watch out for that rock over there. Look out for snakes, this and that, you know. Very, don't you fall off of that, you know. Uh, you know, just very protective. But then, to make everybody real happy, when mama gets old, the kids will watch her. <laughs> Cheer up, folks. It's life. Enjoy your life today. 
If you're alive, say amen. Enjoy your life today. Enjoy your children today. Enjoy your moms today. How many have mothers that's gone on to the other side? Several of us. Nothing can replace that in your soul except Jesus. It's difficult to lose your mother. Some of you will experience that. But it's life. You know what, though? It's not over. It's not permanent. It's temporary. The way these years go by, it'll not be long. They will all be gathering in. Praise the Lord. And so, Mom is there at every event, it seems. Mary was there at every event of her son Jesus, his death, resurrection, ascension. She was there on Pentecost Sunday. She always honored her son. Now I want to say that again. The mother always honors her son or her daughter. You know what I mean? A true mother always honors the child. Amen. Now I got to say that about my own mother. Brag on her a little bit. I honored my mom and dad. I'm going to live a long time. I've kept the commandment. I only had one or two arguments with my dad my whole life. That's pretty good. Working with him every day, going to church together. That's pretty good. Only a couple of minor scrapes. Of course, he always won, right? Mom, maybe one or two arguments, you know. uh, Maybe one knockdown drag out. But uh, she always honored me. My mother always supported the work of the gospel because she knew I was calling God direct. She always honored that. God blessed her for it. Dad always honored it. But mom more so because There's something about the mother that recognizes something in their child that's from God. And I'm I'm thankful for that today. Because a lot of mamas forsake their children and that isn't a real mama. So I've been blessed, really blessed, not only with parents, and they're both gone now, but with children that my wife, their mama, brought into this world. So Stacy, Chanel, Seth, you can thank your mama for all the heartaches that you've experienced so far in this life. <laughs> Not really. We're in it together. We're in it together. <clears throat> so a true mother then always supports her kids. Always supports her kids. Amen. And that also means sometimes you correct the kids. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But you're still mama. We're thankful for you. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online 
at ZWMI.com. Once again, that's ZWMI.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International. Spirit.